This is Self Work, and I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. At Self Work, we'll discuss psychological and emotional issues common in today's world and what to do about them. I'm Dr. Margaret, and Self Work is a podcast dedicated to you taking just a few minutes today for your own self work. Hello, and welcome or welcome back to this bonus episode of Self Work. I'm Dr. Margaret Rutherford. I'm a clinical psychologist out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. And self-work is all about trying to help you understand more about psychology, therapy, mental health, whatever your issues are. I wanted to offer this episode to you just to help you find a relaxing minute or two away from whatever anxiety you're coping with. Anything from continued pandemic fear, sadness about family, or kids running all over the place. I couldn't think of a better guest than Shan Vanderleek. She's the co-host of the podcast Anxiety Slayer and the producer of the website AnxietySlayer.com. Her gentleness and broad knowledge of all things calming is incredible. She and her partner Ananga have created this incredibly comprehensive experience of teaching you the how-to of what you can do right now today about your anxiety. And you know that's what I like to talk about, what you can do about it. So much of what they offer is free, some you pay for, but it seems very fair. They use words, experiences, wisdom, and music to create an environment where you begin to do those very first things to help you handle stress more calmly. I've found their information to be spot on, and what I especially love about this episode is that Shan demonstrates some actual techniques you can try while you're listening, and we do them together. I learned about EFT tapping, using a calming point, two things I knew very little about. So I hope that sometime in the near future, you can listen in and learn these new ideas and techniques for yourself. Before we get started, here's a wonderful offer from BetterHelp at a time when so many of us need someone to listen, understand, and help us manage. BetterHelp has now been a sponsor of Self-Work for a few months, and I've been hearing how pleased you are with their services. I couldn't be more excited about that, as by now you know I'm a huge believer myself in the power of therapy. What is BetterHelp? It's an online therapy service that has earned the number one ranking for the quality of their service to their consumers. When you contact them, you are offered several different licensed professional therapists to choose from, all that have been vetted by BetterHelp. You can have sessions via video, text, or phone, and I found, because of course I checked it out before recommending it to you, that each therapist was very available, literally a text away, and made some of the same therapeutic suggestions to me that I'd offer myself as a therapist. Here's an excerpt from a listener who wrote in, I'm a 23-year-old living in Brazil. I'm only writing this message in order to express my gratitude towards you and your podcast, Having anxiety disorder, I always felt like I needed therapy, but I was too anxious to start it. With self-work, not only I've learned some valuable insights about dealing with my condition, but also the basics of how therapy sessions work, which allowed me to finally get some courage to start it. With the coronavirus pandemic, I'd also been concerned about attending personal sessions, but then I learned about better help in your podcast, and it sounded just perfect for what I needed. I've been getting online counseling from BetterHelp for six weeks now, and I feel like it's been helping me a lot. That's just so wonderful to hear. And now, BetterHelp has a special offer for you. 10% off the first month of sessions if you use this link. Try BetterHelp.com slash self 
That's trybetterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash self-work. I'm never more honored than hearing someone sought therapy after listening to self-work. And if self-work is helping you, maybe BetterHelp is your next step. And now I'll introduce you to Shan Vanderleek as we talk, laugh, and share about how to practice managing anxiety. So, Shan, welcome to Self Work. It's so great to have you here. You and I actually met, I don't know, a few months ago when you were kind enough to have me on your program, Anxiety Slayer, and I'm just delighted to have you back here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you again, for sure. Thank you for the invitation. Sure. As I said in the intro, for those of you who don't know about Shan, she co-hosts a wonderful podcast, a very, very highly popular podcast called Anxiety Slayer. And I would just love, Shan, for you to talk to us about how you started that. Do you have anxiety yourself? And so how did you get the idea? Yeah, well, you know, this is a, it's wild to think that the story is almost 12 years old. Ananga and I have been partners now for just over 11 years. I and saw that. Yeah, uh, Ananga actually found me online back then. I had, it had been a couple of years since I left my corporate uh, world job and started out on my own as an entrepreneur. And she really liked my writing. And I was in the midst of, or maybe at the tail end of, getting my yoga teacher training certification and I was teaching classes and I was coaching and I was doing a number of things. Uh-huh. And she is an incredible person, writer, uh, healer, was one of the first people back in 25 years ago practicing EFT tapping. Oh, wow. At the time called Emotional Freedom Technique. Yes, yes. She had written a book on it and she's a uh, also studied and certified with Ayurveda, India's ancient science of life. So anyway, she liked uh, what I was doing and reached out. And so we started to talk about how we might be able to meld our offerings and support people, you know, just by maybe doing some writing or a special offering or something. And that kind of rolled into Anxiety Slayer. Now, Ananga actually suffered with anxiety as a young person. Mm -hmm. And when we met, I didn't really feel like I had suffered with anxiety, but I had definitely just been spit out of a very stressful corporate career for 20 years. (laughs) So there was stress, there was overwhelm, there was anxiety, there were all of those things that kind of commingled. And we thought, you know, we're not alone in this. And let's come together and and produce podcasts. She's a musician and a composer. Mm-hmm. So all of the albums we've created are all my voice and her music. And we just happened to have one of those really sweet connections where we just happen to complement each other in, in many, many ways. And you do. You do. I've listened to several of your podcasts and they're phenomenal. And for those who don't know who Ananga is, maybe you should talk a little more about her. Sure. So Ananga Sevier is my partner and co-host for Anxiety Slayer. And she lives in Kent in England. And I live in Northern Michigan. 
And so we have had this relationship now for all these years. We've never been in the same room. Yeah, I was just about to ask, have you yeah. ever met? <laughs> we were supposed to meet. Uh, as a matter of fact, we had plans to meet right before all hell broke loose with COVID. And so Delta Airlines still has all of my money. <laughs> but, now that's uh, anxiety provoking. <laughs> right. I mean, what are you going to do? So Ananga is just uh, a stellar human being and one of my greatest friends and teachers. And she has lived with anxiety as a young person, has risen above it and has through her work with EFT and Ayurveda and music and her spiritual practice and all of the things that she does every day really allowed us to come together and her to come together as an expert in in this field so that we can support as many people as we possibly can who are suffering. And we're seeing, of course, greater numbers than ever before with the pandemic and oh, sure. and the political environment and uh, the and and so many who are just really wondering what's what's going to happen next. So you know, I don't know if it came up when you and I chatted before, but I actually was diagnosed with panic disorder and some social anxiety back in my late twenties. Yeah, I remember very distinctly thinking, "Wow, I can't ever let anybody know I have this." You know, um, this was long before I even thought about becoming a psychologist. So part of my own healing has been really acknowledging it and talking about it and leaning into it. I listened to a really recent uh, podcast of yours where y'all talked very eloquently about you have to accept anxiety's presence. It's if you hate it. Uh, in fact, I had a therapist say to me, Margaret, the more you hate your anxiety, the, the stronger it's going to get. <laughs> because yeah. It's, it's trying to teach you something. And right. you may not be ready to learn it, but it's going to keep trying to teach you. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. It just keeps knocking on the door. And if you can identify it for what it is and try and figure out why it's trying to get your attention, and then also to have the tools and resources and, and the the knowing that you've got this. If you have just a few things that you're aware of that you can do, you can change a panic attack, you can change an anxiety attack, you can really become uh, much more in control than what you know by doing simple, simple things like changing your environment, you know, getting up out of your chair and getting outside for a, a breath of fresh air or breathing practices or tapping or making a cup of tea, calling a friend. Uh, there, there's so many things that you can do. And I realize in some cases when panic strikes, you might be completely by yourself. And unfortunately, it definitely overtakes you in a way that, as, as you know, that that if you even have one idea of something that you can do to help you make it kind of calm down and, and push it away at bay, it's going to make all the difference in the world. So let's talk about those two things. Let's talk about the breath and, mm-hmm. and what you've discovered and are trying to teach other people about the breath and anxiety, and then about the meditative part. Some people hear meditation and they just go, Ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and yet, I will tell you, I have lapsed, um, but I did it while I was writing my book, and it really helped me. And then all of a sudden, I stopped, and I need to, I want to get back into it. But can you talk about the breath and maybe how a beginner would approach uh, a meditative kind of experience. Oh, yeah, I would love to. 
Well, there's a number of breathing exercises that you can do if you are starting to feel anxious or if you're just out of sorts or just a little bit stressed or amped up. But the one that comes to mind is the long exhale. And this is, a, is an easy practice that you can do where you breathe in through your nose, do it like a count of four, let's say, and you hold it for another count of three or four. And then you exhale and you let the exhale come out of your mouth for the longest count you can. We say right. seven. Yeah. And you do that maybe for five rounds of your breathing. And all of a sudden, your heart rate starts to slow down. It's amazing, isn't it? Every, yeah. I mean, it just, it works so quickly. And this is a beautiful thing to do, even when you're not panicked before bed, mm-hmm. to do the long exhale and just to get yourself comfortable. So I invite everybody to join us right now. Great idea. Yeah. So let's all take an inhalation through our nose to account to four and hold it to a count of three or four. And then a nice long exhale. And just by that one practice, you can already start to, to notice a change. And, and you're welcome to continue and do that for another two, three, four rounds of your breath. Just notice. Sure. One the, of the things I think is ahead. also important in that second step, people here, you know, hold it or just, and people will clamp down on their, you know, you know, like they're holding it. That's what you don't want to do, right? You right, want to right. hold it gently. Yes. Oh, good point. Good point. We just want there to be a pause in between the inhale and the exhale, a nice gentle pause. So inhale, pause, that's a better word. And then exhale, nice long exhale. The other thing that you can do while you're practicing the long exhale is the calming point at at the very same time. And that's by taking your right thumb, pressing it into your left palm, right into the center of the palm of your hand, Hmm. nice and firm while you're breathing. And this is a meridian point that will also help bring your heart rate down. And it's something that I taught my daughter when she was in high school to do when she'd get stressed in class or feel anxious, she could do it just, you know, holding her hands on her lap. Sure, it's not noticeable Uh, at all. Right, or at work or right before a, a speech or a program or anything that might have you a little bit amped up where you need to come back into your body and, and slow things down a bit. So that's called the calming point. I've never heard of that. That's fascinating. I'm sitting here doing it. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> it's great. You know, I, do that, I do that when I go to the dentist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it helps. And I do. I just sit there and I, and I press into my palm and I'm nice and long exhale and it really helps. Anyway, and then, then the meditation piece, you're right. There's so many people that say, I can't meditate. I can't get myself to settle down that yeah. long. My mind jumps all over the place. And, you know, that's normal. Mm-hmm. What we've done is we've invited people to start with guided meditations, guided relaxations, where all you have to do is show up and make yourself comfortable and be led through the experience. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, certainly that's not the only way to do that, but it's a wonderful way to do it for people who have a real hard time just sitting still and sitting quietly and letting their thoughts kind of float by like the clouds and paying attention to what's running through their mind and trying to get things to just dissipate instead of getting stuck 
And you uh, have some wonderful guided meditations on your website. They are oh, fantastic. thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, those started many years ago. We have, I think, we have like ten albums available. Gosh, on, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I. I think that's the right number. Uh, we got to a point where we're like, okay, well, that's probably enough now <laughs> for now. <laughs> but um, those really work. And then the other thing is walking meditation. And this is a beautiful thing because we know if we suffer with any kind of panic, overwhelm, anxiety, that moving our bodies makes such a difference. And so if you can move your body, if you can get outside and look around and start to notice for us right now, the snow on the ground or how it's clinging to a tree or the squirrels running about and taking in the fresh air and just noticing all the beauty around you just by doing this walking meditation, that counts. Or you could count your steps or you could count your breaths. Or you could just simply pay attention. So there's just a number of ways to bring meditation into your life. It's not just sitting still uncomfortably for hours with nothing in your mind. I mean, that's I was lucky enough to take. I was lucky enough to take a workshop with John Kabat-Zinn years oh, ago. Oh, awesome! And we did walking meditation. We did an eating meditation. You know, sure. and all that kind of thing. And I, I'm a pretty hyped up individual most of the time, and sort sadly. And I got in my car. It was in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas. So I had about a three hour drive on the expressway and I was so relaxed I bet (laughs) I couldn't attend to driving and I remember I stopped and and got a Mountain Dew (laughs) oh my goodness So well, that'll rev that'll rev you back up. Yeah, it definitely rev me back up. It was it was embarrassing to realize how much I counted on anxiety to help me drive. Yeah, right. You know, the other thing, what a fascinating thing about you, I think, is, and I had to look this up to see what it was. You're a yogini. Am I saying that correctly? Uh huh. Tell me about that. What is a yogini? So that just means that I invested in 200 hours of teaching and learning so that I could get my yoga teaching certification and practice yoga and teach yoga as a part of my coaching business and a part of the work that I was doing before my career went into some other directions. Now, certainly I still practice yoga. I don't teach it anymore, Mm -hmm. but I can still lead wonderful guided relaxations. I could still teach if if I wanted to teach, but more than anything, it's the practice. It's getting back in your body, moving your body and moving your body with your breath. And so that to me was the way that I learned to manage stress before anxiety slayer was oh this this yoga thing well sort of saved my life <laughs> I bet it because did. I was so out of my body I had kicked my body to the curb I was incredibly driven and really just not paying attention to my beautiful body mm-hmm. I was more in concert with succeeding and getting up the ladder and all of those things, which are are fine, but at a certain point, they weren't fine anymore. And thankfully, my yoga practice helped me see that. So we call ourselves yoginis. Yeah, I just never heard that word. You know, I love suggesting to my own patients that they try yoga because to me, it is so welcoming. It's a very welcoming kind of way to approach, as you say, getting back 
into your body because almost everything can be modified. And actually, the teachers are very good at saying, well, don't do it this way, do it this way. Right now, I'm taking Pilates. And when I can't do something, it's amazing to me how she just says, well, you know, let's modify it because right right now my 66-year-old body can't do that. I'm working on it. But I think yoga is the same way. It's very comforting. It's soothing. It's very supportive. And I, I think it is such a great venue for someone who wants to approach anxiety or approach trying to learn more about relaxation and their body that I don't think there's anything better. I agree with you. From the opening Shavasana, which is how I used to teach and how my teacher taught me to teach, where you're just resting on the floor and letting the earth cradle you while you're breathing and and really paying attention to your body and, and sending the breath in the places that are uncomfortable and and to do so in such a welcoming environment, you feel loved up, at least in, in every yoga studio I've ever been to, uh, I have felt so very much welcomed and supported through my practice. And as you mentioned, it's okay if you're not, you know, in your Luluman outfit in the best shape ever, ready to <laughs> hop around, you know, that's not, that's not the yoga that we're talking about. There are many different options for you. There's yin yoga, there's flow yoga, there's vinyasa, there's all kinds of things that you can find. And online right now in the midst of the pandemic is a great place to just take a peek and see what's available. There are online classes available. So you could even give it a try without being in a group environment, which might make it a little bit more comfortable for you. But I highly recommend that you give it a try. It will really help you find a lovely place of calm in your life. I couldn't agree more, really. One of the things that I remember being so surprised, actually not so surprised, but it raised my awareness when I was doing the meditation and This is uh, motivating me to get back into it as we talk. But I didn't realize I had a bad shoulder surgery several years ago, and I protect it, you know. And so I would start doing the meditation, and I would notice this shoulder was like way up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and tight. And it just made me so much more aware of how I was holding my Mm -hmm. body to, and that actually created tension. And I noticed that is something that I've taken away from the whole experience is that I'm just so much more aware of how I'm holding myself. Oh yeah. I love that. Well, that's little simple things like that. To notice right now, if you're listening right now, notice where your shoulders are. Are they up around your ears? And if they are, let them drop and and let your face be soft. You know, let, let your jaw relax and just really check in with your body in that way. And if you start to do that regularly, you'll really notice a big difference after practicing for a while, just kind of busting yourself and, and say, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that doesn't need to happen. I don't need to be holding so tightly. I don't need to be clenching my fists. I don't need to be having my shoulders up around my ears. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So you, you and Ananga have been doing this for over a decade Mm -hmm. now. So how have you experienced people's 
how are they describing anxiety or or talking to you or what what how are people's questions different about anxiety than they were in 2010 mm-hmm. or 2012 now i realize we're in the middle of a pandemic right. and that is certainly the most chill of people has probably <laughs> much more anxiety than they than they have in the past but i just wondered over time what kinds of changes you hear or People maybe are they seeking help for a certain kind of anxiety that they weren't? Yeah, years ago? the the we've seen a, a huge increase in concern and question around health anxiety. Mm-hmm. That would be the the number one area that that we're hearing about now that we weren't back then. Did you say health, health anxiety? Yes, your health. Health. I thought you yeah. said that. Okay. I thought you maybe said house no. <laughs> anxiety. I was like, house anxiety. Health, health anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. And and then a close second to that is social anxiety. And of course, during the pandemic, that, that has fallen off quite a bit because we're not doing the, the social things that we were doing before. A lot of people are working at home now. Uh, the other piece that's coming up big time right now is loss of job, loss of livelihood. But over the decades, I would say health anxiety has grown the most. And that's what we hear about the most. And so So that's just not pandemic related. That is no. So it spiked, of course, during the pandemic, because then and what's happened is and what we've correlated this to is the internet. And we invite our listeners all the time, please do not Google doctor yourself. Please do not put mm-hmm. your symptoms in the computer and see what it might be. You'll try mm-hmm. bananas and create anxiety around a narrative that probably isn't true. So we always invite our listeners, please check with your doctor. And now you can do so. You know, there are vid- video conferencing and things like that if you are dealing with symptoms and depending on what it is that's coming up for you. Please try not to diagnose yourself and try not to uh, to be in that space of, oh, my gosh, you know, I had this pain and now I think it's X, Y, Z. And and then all that does is just make everything worse. It's funny we're talking about this because in my closed group just this morning, someone was posting about that she has this constant worry that she has cancer. Mm-hmm. And every little she interprets everything that her her body is signaling to her as that that could be cancer and and then right. she does exactly what you're talking about she googles it and looks it up and mm-hmm. and tries to find some kind of substantiation for her fear and so she's tried to figure out what the function of the worry is yeah yeah well that's huge and that's one of the things that she could be doing is EFT tapping for sure for how how she's feeling and, and what she's afraid of so tell us what EFT tapping is yeah so emotional freedom technique which has now been called tapping, shortened tapping, is basically tapping on different meridian points in your body to help you unblock and move through things like what this client of yours is feeling. And it could be around anything. It could be around illness. It could be weight loss. It could be being angry or upset with a friend or family member. It could just be kind of feeling off and you you start this process by naming what is coming up for you and then at at the tail end of that naming even though I'm concerned that all of these symptoms make me think that I might have cancer 
I love and accept myself. And so you can see how you can take that phrase and it could be anything. Sure. Even though I was fired from my job and have no idea how I'm going to make ends meet, I love and accept myself. Mm -hmm. And while you're using those setup statements, you're tapping through meridian points. And we can make sure that we have a link to our EFT page from your show notes, if you if you wouldn't mind. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So that's anxietyslayer.com forward slash EFT. Okay. And tapping is something, like I said, Ananga's been doing for the better part of her life. And she taught me and I've been able to teach others. And it is just a really beautiful way to clear the energy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from your body that you're carrying, just like we carry our shoulders up by our ears. This is <laughs> clearing that. And you can do that five or six or seven rounds and deep breaths. And it's just amazing. And, and it's kind of it looks kind of silly because you're tapping the top of your head and you're tapping the inside of your eye and the outside and under your eye <laughs> and above your lip. And, your chin. <laughs> and, you know, so it's something it's something that we tend to do by ourselves or in, in a supportive group setting. Uh, but, you know, the t- calming point that I talked about earlier is a, a form of this as well, because you're really pressing in on that that acupressure, right? So again, I know a question I would have if I was listening is, well, I don't know it as well as you do, but I've heard of meridians, but what is a meridian? Well, the, to the energy that runs through your body, the different, how do I say it properly? I, I think energy is, is okay. if you were to put a map on your body, there are going to be certain lines that mm-hmm. you follow that uh, correlate to different areas in your body. And I wish Ananga was here to explain it even deeper to you because she'd be able to tell you exactly which point does which thing. You know, for instance, I know that if you tap on your collarbone, if you're feeling extra afraid about something, if fear is coming up, tapping on the collarbone will bring that fear down. That's fascinating. Yeah, it really is. It's just, it's things like that. But again, I'm not the pro here. I have been practicing, but, but what I do know is when you move through the meridian points, they all correlate with different functions in your body to help you be more calm and relaxed. That leads to a question that I just thought of. How have you changed through all this teaching and learning about anxiety? You, you said a few minutes ago, oh, I didn't really think of myself as an anxious person or struggling with anxiety. And maybe now you perceive that differently. But how is just being so engrossed in this world, how, how has it changed you? Well, I think that I definitely have a much more compassion and space and allowance for for myself and others, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. And the knowing that there are actions and steps and things that we can take, that I can take when I'm feeling off or when I'm feeling out of sorts, how I can support myself. I'm much softer than I was. I know that also comes with, with age and Uh, with experience, but also letting the ego fall away a little bit more and letting myself be in this very human Mm -hmm. body and human space and not expecting so much. My expectations have have been replaced with invitations. And I'm just a much kinder person, I think, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. So if someone's listening and they say, well, okay, so I, I hear that these techniques are helpful, but... I do feel too silly or I, you know, where is the approach most amenable when you're trying to say, okay, begin starting these or begin trying these. 
is there one technique that's a little more user-friendly than another? Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. Well, first of all, anxiety, the anxiety brain will tell you all kinds of things that you can't do it or this won't work or that's silly or what's the point and all that. And so we always invite our listeners and, and the people that we work with to take action in one area or another. So whether it be a breathing exercise, whether it be learning EFT tapping, whether it be walking meditation or guided meditation, you get to choose. We just invite you to try. Right. And just to try something. And if EFT feels a little bit funky for you, then use the calming point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Use that. Or if you have fear come up and you know, because you listen to this podcast, that by tapping on your collarbone will help bring your fear down, who cares? You know, (laughs) you can just, you can just sit there and do that. Nobody really needs to People just think you've got an itch. Notice what you're doing and, you know, you do do that for a little while. To answer your question directly, just try something. Yeah. The thing I say on my own podcast is, what can we do about it? I mean, that's it, it is acceptance and yet it's also working within that to say, what do I actually have control over or what could I try? Right. When you're feeling so overwhelmed by something, you can sort of accept the feeling of overwhelmed at the same time to say, but that just because I'm overwhelmed doesn't mean that I, I can't b- try to build a skill. Exactly. Because by identifying where you are in, in the, in the space and the process in your experience, if you know, there are a number of tools that you can go to. Oh, right now. Oh, what do I know that I could do that could help me right now? We have to be able to help ourselves and we can help ourselves as long as we don't allow ourselves to get in that loop of suffering, that loop of, oh my gosh, this is happening and I'm freaking out and la 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 and and not saying, wait a minute, what do I know to do? Yes. What do I know to do right now? And sometimes it's taking a nap. Sometimes it's taking a walk. Sometimes it's calling a friend. Sometimes it's sniffing lavender essential oil. Who knows? At any point, I have all of the tools that I need around me to support my family and to support myself when we're feeling jangly. Mm -hmm. Magnesium, natural Mm -hmm. calm is a wonderful drink, a wonderful product to have. Magnesium is so good for our bodies and almost all of us are deficient and it helps with anxiety. Look it up. It's just a number of things. I, I remember taking it for years. There we, yeah, for years I would take it when I was transitioning between my prior professional life and my new world. And I don't drink it as much, but I know it's important to get magnesium in my system. So I do have the, you know, chelated tablets that I'll mm-hmm. take at night, which is really nice because it helps your body get calm and relaxed. Sure, sure. And our bodies need that magnesium. So please give yourself the gift of exploration. Explore these different avenues and see what resonates. Let me ask you about something that I learned from Reed Wilson. I don't know if you know his work. He's a psychologist out of North Carolina, and he's written a couple of books, and he's all over YouTube talking about anxiety. 
And one of the things he suggests, which I do and suggest to my patients, is that he says you name your anxiety. You, I call mine Bob, for example. <laughs> and what, how it helps me is as soon as my first symptom or what I feel first when my anxiety is beginning to rear its head is my legs start kind of trembling a little bit. I feel like I need to sit down. And what I've learned to say is, ah, Bob, you're here. <laughs> right. Rather than going, oh, no, my legs are shaking, you know. Right. And catastrophizing about what's supposed to happen next. Like I'm going to, you know, cry or shake or tremble or whatever and lose control of myself. And if I use that and just breathe and stay very, almost like you said, the walking meditation where I stay very focused on what's happening outside of me. Mm-hmm. and not focused inwardly, that I can manage it. Manage can it, manage yeah. my anxiety, and Bob right. goes away. <laughs> Sometimes right. Bob does not well, go away. Yeah, and the thing is, is to have the, hey, Bob, I know you're looking out for me. Obviously, there's something happening that you think I need to be aware of. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but I've got this. Yeah. Oh, and Thank you. Yeah, because that's when, when you think about it, even with uh, any any work that you may have done or do with folks that that are really dealing with a, a tyrant inner critic, mm-hmm. it's the same thing is to, to make friends with and, and identify who they are and what they're looking out for and and why they're coming up and and to really allow ourselves to get to know, OK, if this is what's happening right now, rather than push it away and get all tighten my body, I'm going to say, okay, here you are. What, what am I taking away from this? What do I need to do? Do I need a glass of water? Mm-hmm. Do, I, do I need to move? Do I need to change things up? Because oftentimes, if you can just, the word that's coming through is distraction. And, and so, but it, No, and it's I a great word. <laughs> it is distract yourself and do something else. Mm-hmm. And it works. It's something that if we just sit and stew we make everything so much worse. Right. I've also wondered myself, and I would love your thoughts on this. It has seemed to me that when you're having panic, a panic attack, it's like my wise mind, my unconscious mind is sending up a flare, like pay attention, pay attention that there's something going on either physically with me or just uh, emotionally or something's getting triggered that I need to pay attention to and what my body has, because I'm also genetically inclined toward anxiety, that's how my body responds. And if I listen to the message, yeah, instead of put all of my focus on the panic, then I'm if I'm looking for the message, what's going on that I need to pay attention to, then I can more manage it, work with it, and pay attention. <laughs> right. Oh, beautifully said, and I completely agree. Well, that's good. That makes me fix. I've been saying that to people for years. <laughs> well, the thing I'm is, like, oh, she says yeah, no. Yeah. That's a terrible thing to yeah, say. No. <laughs> well, pushing it away is avoidance, and right. and so we need, whether we like it or not, to be with it and and to get to know what it is that we need and how to care for ourselves. And unfortunately, many of us have forgotten how or never learned how or think that we're supposed to be operating on all cylinders all the time Mm -hmm. or have these incredibly crushing expectations that make it even worse. 
instead of being sweet and open and okay, this is what's happening now. Mm-hmm. What do I know to do? How can I care for myself? Mm-hmm. What is this message all about? Mm-hmm. And also to take into effect that in Ayurveda, a big part of the teaching is to pay attention to the seasons, to pay attention to your constitution as your body type, and to understand that right now as we move into winter in the Northern Hemisphere, that our bodies are changing and, and going through and, and clearing. And and there are things that are going to come up health anxiety-wise, perhaps, because of the cold and because of the wind and the things that we can do for ourselves to be more grounded during this time are helpful. Mm-hmm. That's why you see our uh, elders, you will see them often having stews and root vegetables and really paying attention to what is in season during the winter. That's why the heavier, oilier foods make more sense and to keep you more grounded and oiled up. This time of year, I use a, a beautiful sesame oil that before I go out in, in winter, I put some in my ears, my belly button. Sometimes I'll even put a little bit in my nostrils oh. to help me not get carried away by the cold and the wind. And you know, and again, so I'm getting into Ayurveda very late in the show, but <laughs> but we also have a lot of information on that as well as how how to nourish yourself, how to oil up, how to understand your constitution so you can take better care of it. That's fascinating. I don't know anything about that. Although I will say to you, I had listened to one of your podcasts and I have a patient right now who is herself a doctor and she is in the ICU unit. And I suggested that she use lavender. Yeah. And I said, you know, and so that's what she's doing and she's finding it helpful. Oh, good. Can you well, spell Ayurveda? I, I mean, I'm, I'm from the South. I'm not even going to say it right. Um, right. Can you spell that for all those Googlers out there who don't know what the heck that is? Yeah, I sure can. It's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. And it's Ayurveda? Ayurveda. Ayurveda. India's ancient science of life. It's been around for 5,000 years. Wow. And we have a lot of information on Ayurveda at anxietyslayer.com. You can just search for that and learn more about how you can take care of yourself and your dosha, which you can look into. There are, there are three different types of people. There's vata, pitta, and kapha. And just very quickly, the vata mind is the one that gets most affected by anxiety. And these folks really need to be oiled up and to really, yeah. And the kapha people are heavier, more earth and water based and more relaxed and chill. And, and the pitta people are real fiery and go-getters and get things done. And, and the constitution will change as you age and we all become more vata. So Mm. we all become a little bit more uh, affected by things like wind and cold and dryness, which is why it's so important for us to oil up and to pay attention to our nutrition and do the things that we need to do so that we can stay grounded. Well, I've got some sesame oil right by my stove tops. So I'm <laughs> go put some in my ears and see how that does. Because believe it or not, in Arkansas, we also have snow on the ground here. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure if that sesame oil is the one you want to use for oh. your but. <laughs> But you can get some some nice sesame oil or, um, I mean, it doesn't have to be sesame. 
uh, I have a number of different oils that I use. But again, this is, I realize this is a completely separate conversation, but it's another thing that we can do. Right. Essential oils, breathing exercises, yoga, meditation, uh, learning more about Ayurveda and how you can help yourself. And the list goes on. And so do your part. You owe it to yourself to dig in and figure out what works for you. So tell people one more time your website and how they can, um, if you'd like to talk about a book you've written or whatever. Sure. Sure. Let us know how we can get more of Shan Vanderlyk. (laughs) Yes, of course. Of course. The Anxiety Slayer website is anxietyslayer.com. And through that website, you can get to our podcast on any platform where podcasts are played. So we invite you to subscribe and, and listen in, please. We also have an Anxiety Slayer starter course that's absolutely free that you can take to learn more about some of what we talked about today, uh, including some Ayurveda that will be helpful. And you can find that at anxietyslayer.com or at anxietyslayer.teachable.com. And the books that I've been a part of are really not a part of the anxiety story, but um, I have I have written Life on Your Terms, uh, and that's a book that's about ten years old now. So, I, well, I'm grateful that I that I had that experience and opportunity. Not sure that's what what y'all need right now. I'd rather invite you to listen to the podcast, check out our free course, and then uh, see what you can find from there. And then you have another podcast, This Sacred Life. I do. This Sacred Life is a podcast. It's uh, I, I've been at that for, I think, eight years or so, where I talk with wise women about reclaiming their feminine sovereignty. And these women are just incredible teachers who come forward and we just talk about sovereignty. We talk about soulful, sensual, sacred experiences as women mm-hmm. in, a, in a real sweet environment. So if that's something that that lights you up, you can find that anywhere podcasts are played as well. Well, I have found this just fascinating, Shan. Thank you so very much. Um, oh, my pleasure. Thank I've you. known a tiny bit about some of the things that you've talked about, but I will be taking that starter course <laughs> because I would love to learn more and invite my listeners to do so. So, I mean, my gosh, what a wonderful experience. And y'all can't see her, obviously, but she's got the most beautiful eyes <laughs> that are just, that just glow. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And she talks so enthusiastically about what, about what she teaches and she and Ananga. So, uh, I hope you get to meet Ananga. I hope you get to, to go to Kent sooner rather than later. Me too. And I will look forward to hearing about that on your podcast. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) that will be one I will definitely listen to. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Shan. Uh Take care. I hope you enjoyed that. Maybe you're still doing the deep breathing or the calming point. I know I'll be using those in the next few days. Thank you so much for being here at Self Work. You mean so much to me. You can find me at drmargaretrutherford.com or email me at askdrmargaret at drmargaretrutherford.com. We're going into 2021 with all kinds of plans for next year, and I hope you'll be here with me at Self Work. Thank you so much. Take very, very good care. I'm Dr. Margaret. And this has been Self-Work.